All right, day 138. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right, First Kings. Yep, First Kings. We're jumping right in. So remember, uh, you know, modified chronological, First Kings actually picks up where Second Samuel left off, right? Yep. So my man David right. in his last days, yep. right? Samuel was about the transition to the kingship with mm -hmm. David. This is about the confirming of the kingship under Solomon right. and how that same kingship was a fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham and to David. Right. But that kingship spiraled out of control, bro. Ah, that's good. All the way to exile. So First and Second Kings is really one book. Yeah. Right? It was later split, but uh. You know, 400 years, right? Yep. Four, what we're about to read is 408 long right. years, bro. Yeah. And so uh, you're going to just see that happen. And, and and three things that you just need to keep in your mind as you're reading. Just keep these three things in mind. It's about kingship, the prophetic word, yep. and Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. Yep. Kingship, you're going to see all these kings from Israel and Judah. Yeah. Prophetic word, they're evaluated by how, whether or not they listen to the prophets. Right. right? Are you going to obey the prophetic word? The prophetic word is going to come true. Yeah. And if you don't obey it, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. Deuteronomy, that is the 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 basis, right, for how they're evaluated as well, right? Yeah. Deuteronomy 12, Deuteronomy 17, Deuteronomy 18. Yeah. 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 So the lives of Saul, David, and Solomon mm -hmm. are kind of like this um like mountain peak. All right. So think of it like this, all right? And and the book's gonna split up. When it talks about Solomon building the temple, it's mm -hmm. going to say, oh, and he built it, you know, 400 years after they came out from exile. Hmm. So it's this, they count, they come out from Egypt 400 years. It's like they're scaling up this mountain towards kingship. Mm -hmm. And then 400 years later, they're kind of scaling down this mountain back towards exile. Yep, that's good. So we see them you know, come up and it seems as if they're starting to rise oh, yeah. and God is going to fulfill what he says that he's going to do. But then we see, even though they have these kings, mm. that it's like this book is a snowball that goes downhill, downhill, and mm -hmm. it just builds bigger and bigger and bigger until they end up in exile. Yep. So first Kings one, yep. Davis in his last days. Uh, and the thing that the question that you need to keep in mind with these first few chapters is who is going to succeed David? Right. Right. Who is going to be the king? And my man Adonijah is, he's wild. He's a wild boy. He's like, yo, I'm the king. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's like, yo, so check it. He was actually the next in line. Right. You know, Amnon was killed by Absalom. Right. Then Absalom died in battle. Yeah. And then uh, um, Adonijah was the next Otis. And what's crazy is Lord promised that it will be Solomon. Right. So you see that he tries to usurp the throne in a sense. Right. And it's the throne seems to be in threat, right? The seed from Genesis 3.15, right. once again, seems to be in threat. And so Adonijah is wilding, trying yep. to become king, trying to anoint himself king, not inviting the right people to the joint, <laughs> right. like just wilding out. <laughs> One of the things that we do yeah. have to see, though, is that, no, but once again, this falls right in line, right? You look at Genesis yep. and you look at, all right, look, Ishmael was the firstborn, mm -hmm. God chose Isaac. Mm -hmm. Esau was the firstborn. God chose Jacob, right? God is mm -hmm. constantly choosing the one that is not the mm -hmm. firstborn, right? God is going to choose the least likely 
candidate, the one that naturally doesn't fall in mm-hmm. line for the throne, the blessing, and the seed. And yeah. it goes on and on and on all the way through here. So, right, the choice of Solomon mm-hmm. is on brand for God. Absolutely. Right? This is what God does. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. And so Solomon, Nathan and Bathsheba go to David and they're like, yo, Dave, remember what God said? Right. And so Solomon, long story short, becomes king. What's crazy is they say that his kingship is going to be better than his pops. Right. Right. So you see all throughout the Bible, I want you to remember this, that God's promises get greater later. Right. Right. Mm. As the Bible goes on, it's going to say, yo, the uh, when, they're, when they're about to go in exile, they're like, yo, he brought you out of Egypt, but that gr- well, him bringing you out of exile is going to be even greater. Right. right? We made the first temple, right? The second temple is going to be like, right, so over right, and over right, and over, right, God's right. going to say that. So his, his kingship is going to be better. And so David's about to die. And he's like, yo, son, keep the word of God. Yeah. Right. Listen to Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right. But but for that, yeah. one of the things that he says, and I caught this this time, I, I didn't last year. First Kings 1, 29. He says, this, yo, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life? Mm. So he's calling not just on the fact that, no, no like, yo, I, I'm putting this on God. Yeah. But like, no, no, no. Notice the specific character of god god has redeemed my life god has been the protector god has been the provider Mm. he's the one that's brought me along Mm. and you can rely and rest on the same god he's invoking something specific about who god is and that's going to lay the foundation of the faithfulness that he's going to call uh his his son to yep absolutely and so yeah um one kings two he he's like yo keep the keep the lord's word but then David is so funny. He's like, and blessing will come. Yeah. He's like, oh, and you got to take these guys out. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just a complicated. I love the Bible because it's just so real. It's just like, yep. yo, this is what happened. He he told him, like, I want you to take out Joab and Shimmy, right? Joab was was a wild boy. Um, and Shimmy, you know, he was two-faced, right? One yep. day he was he was talking good about me. Then he was cursing me. But what he's doing is he's trying to secure his throne. Right. He's trying to secure his throne in line with the promises of God. So you just see all this kind of complex stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's saying, yo, I told him that I wouldn't kill him, but uh, <laughs> that don't apply to you. Yeah, I need you to handle that. So anyway, um, you know, they die, right? Joab and, and Shimmy die. And uh, you just see, man, that um, most of all, like, uh, it, it was because of, you know, um, what, what happened to Saul's house and all that kind of stuff. And right. So you see the justice, right? The justice being meted out and Solomon is obedient to his father's word. Right. Um, so yeah, you see, you see uh, Solomon become king. First Kings 3. Yeah. Summarizes the reign of Solomon. Right. Right. So it kind of looks ahead and it says, hey, this is, you know, uh, uh, it says a type of heading of what will follow. And Solomon's on the throne, right? And the text begins to sprinkle some of what will be his downfall, bro, later in the fact that he married an Egyptian wife. First King or first or Deuteronomy 17. Do not marry a foreign wife. Yeah. Why? Because they will turn your heart away from me and serve other gods. Yeah. And so the text is going to suddenly give us clues right. that even though God is going to establish, fam, his kingdom on earth in these days through right. Solomon. Solomon's not the last one, right? right? There has to be somebody greater yeah. that has to come and be yeah. king to bring in God. And kingdom. just a reminder, when Deuteronomy brings that up, it's not saying God yeah. don't want interracial marriage, right? It wasn't about Absolutely not. race. It was about religion, mm. commitment to the Lord. God saying, no, 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 no. My concern is not ethnic. My concern is ethical, mm. theological. Yes, and theological. if you find yourself in a place where you're marrying or joining with somebody whose core convictions is that there is a different God or a different supreme being to live for, um, 
you're probably not going to bring them to our side. They're going to influence you. And chapter three, verse one, Solomon takes out everybody. And the very first thing that it brings up is like, yo, right. And, and look, not just that he married a foreign daughter, but it's going to bring up this and it's going to come all throughout. No, Pharaoh's daughter. Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And Egypt is big because throughout the rest of the time, they're going to talk about, remember your God that brought you out of Egypt. Egypt, right? And there's this constant desire and pull to go back and to join with uh, what what God has delivered them from. Yeah. So it's going to say um, in, in, in the beginning of three, you know, he loved the Lord by walking in the statues of his father, David, but he also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. We'll yeah. come back to that. That's the high places in the ancient Near East where it was where they sacrificed to idols. Right. Right. So Solomon is a little wishy-washy early. Right. Now, the temple hasn't been established, which is a central place where we need to worship God. Right. Based on Deuteronomy 12, hasn't been established yet. So the text is not kind of critiquing him yet. Then it says something positive about him. He's like, yo, Lord, give me just, like, give me wisdom. Um, so I can discern between good and evil. So he says, I'll give your servant a receptive heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours, right? So he basically asks for wisdom and what Solomon is going to be cast here as, bro, is, a, is an Adam-like figure. Right. Adam didn't discern between good and evil in the garden right. him and his wife uh. and they followed the serpent. Right. And so what he's saying here is like, I need this type of discernment from you, God, right. not from Satan. Right. Right. So he asked God, and God is so pleased with it right. that he blesses him more than he could imagine. Right. Right. And so you just see like the Lord here looking out for Solomon. And um, yeah. And so the highest expectation of a king in that world, bro, is that they would be wise and just. Right. And and what you need to remember is that that was what the kingship was supposed to be like in Israel. Right. Right. This just reign. And I think for us, uh, a word for us today is um, justice is so complicated right. that it often needs wisdom paired with it. Right. So mm. for Solomon to ask for this is very instructive. I right. Think, yeah. 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 Life. Man, and I, I, I love this because right, right after that, <laughs> yo, yo, there's a few things that take place. Verse fourteen to three says this: If you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commands, look. Just as your father David did, Mm -hmm. I will give you a long life. Now it's this. All right. David's life and faithfulness to God is not defined by 2 Samuel 11. Right. It's not defined by his biggest moral failure, Mm. which is how we tend to live Mm -hmm. and think of ourselves. We think of ourselves as defined by our biggest failure. God says, no, 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 no. There's a more holistic picture so i'd love that there and then yo solomon says god give me wisdom to judge your people to discern between good and evil and what i should spend my time on and then it goes on and says then right granted it's not like he woke up from the dream or it may not be that he woke up from the dream and right as soon as he woke up prostitutes busting through his door and say yo come and help us right the author is going to tell this story to make a connection. Mm-hmm. And what we see is the first act of judgment or discerning that we see is for uh, social, socially marginalized and even somewhat morally corrupt and bankrupt people of society. Mm-hmm. It mentions their status. And what I love about this is this, right? They come in and it's clear, oh, they're two prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And when they come in with this issue, mm-hmm. notice what Solomon doesn't start off and do. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't start off and lecture them about their lifestyle, mm. right? What's important right then and there, what's important first and foremost is this, no, 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 wisdom for justice. And this is what we talked about in the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. It's not just about saying the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's about saying the right thing at the right time. What does the situation call for? Yeah. And I love that he exhibits wisdom, not just in how he resolves this, but what he addresses. It's so different than our world today. Mm. You look at it online and you've got (laughs) people that are Christians and instead of exhibiting the wisdom of God and fighting for justice, they lecture people in need of justice on their moral situations and moral choices. Mm. And that is a conversation to have, but not at a time where people come in with yeah tears and needs for justice yeah absolutely and yeah. what i was uh, just always struck by about this bro is he asked for the wisdom to, to rule justly right after that, the text shows us how he uses that wisdom to rule justly and bro it wasn't no dna back then right it wasn't no jerry springer no maury right. right right so he really had to be wise about how he thought about it and you see how he does and so uh awesome he's killing it right uh first king four comes even more awesome right like he is showing the officials he put in place, the deputies he put in place. He exercises wisdom, not just judicially in three, but politically in four, right? So he's organizing these internal affairs of the state, right? The nation is hype. Israel. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, real quick. Wisdom is shown in that, right? He's doing instinctively now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what Moses had to be coached to do when he reigned, right? And so we just see it's like, Yo, your wisdom is already climbing better than these cats. Yeah. Yep. And so what's crazy is this, bro, that Israel is going to be described here as being at the pinnacle of its reign. Mm. Right. So everybody like this is the height of the Israelite kingdom in the Old Testament. Right. right. Like there's no uh, I had a professor say this is as close to heaven on earth. Yeah. In their day yeah. as it possibly could have been. Right. Right. And you'll be like, yo, what makes you say that? He says, yo, Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea. They were eating, drinking, and rejoicing. Now, the sand by the sea, Israel being as numerous as the sand by the sea, that is exactly taken from the Abraham letters. Mm. God said, I'm going to make your people as numerous as the sand by the sea. So right. what is God doing? He has fulfilled his promises to Abraham already. Right. We like we talk about not trusting God. He been fulfilling promises. <laughs> right, right, right? right. So he fulfills the promises to Abraham right here too. Solomon ruled all of the kingdom from Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines and as far as the border of Egypt. Again, those dimensions yeah. were, missed, were mentioned in the Abrahamic narrative. Right. Then he says this, bro. This kills me. Verse 25 of 4. Throughout Solomon's reign, Judah and Israel lived in safety from Dan to Beersheba, each person under his own vine uh. and his own fig tree. Mm. Do you know where that language is taken from, bro? Mm. It, or where else, where else is it's used in the Old Testament? Yeah. In the prophets. Mm. And the prophets are prophesying about the new creation mm. when everybody's going to be under their own vine and own fig tree. Right. So in other words... The, what took place here yeah. was a shadow yeah. of what it will be in the new creation. Right. So God's kingdom, bro, is coming onto earth through Solomon. And you see the wisdom of Solomon going to come up at the end as well, where it's like he's the great, he's the most wise man in the world. Right. You know, 3,000 Proverbs, biology, theology, right? right? Original polymath. He had the range we always talk right. about. And um, at Deuteronomy, again, it says, yo, like, if y'all obey me, like the people of the world will see the right. wisdom right. within you. Mm. And you just see all of those things coming to fulfillment here. And the crazy thing is, bro, 
is that I've said it before in Deuteronomy. Um, you know, we don't influence the world by trying to be just like it. Right. 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 When we live in line with the word of God yep. uh, as the people of God, yeah. it becomes strangely yeah. attractive. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a promise keeping God. I mm. pray that would be the thing that fuels us towards faithfulness. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.